that moderator, 6'1", 215 pounds, from the bayou, DJ Slow Boogie. At center, 6'3", 170 pounds, dripping wet, the master of the one-liners, Sports Plug Russ. At analyst, 6'2", 220 pounds, straight from Bill's Mafia, fresh off the table dive, Sterling Pearl. Give it up for your hosts of Sports Sushi. Everybody it never gets old. It, 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 yeah. it never gets old. It never gets old. Nice, more, more times you play it, man. Uh, welcome to Sports Sushi, man. I'm the moderator. These are the two hosts for the evening, uh, Sports Public Russ and main man Sterling. So check it out, man. Um, here at Gratwick, that's what this show is brought to you by. Our friends at Gratwick are building a team to break up the Hollywood establishment controlled over key access points. Gratwick is an artist and audience own studio system designed to provide creators with ethical finance marketing and distribution on their terms join the gradwick discord today and tell us what you are creating so let's go ahead and just jump right into it man final four where our show left off we was thinking that maybe coach k has his uh dream ending also, we'll just be go ahead. And... It was a negative, Mr. Slowbook. He did not oh. have his dream. He got well, 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 swept well, off the floor in a it, man. We know that, Duke coffin, and it was over. And I'm a Duke fan. It was painful. But, but I, I got to say this. I'll just say for the audience, feel free to chime in. Just hit the hand-waving icon at the bottom, and we'll bring you in. Feel free. This is not a, a platform where we don't interact with our audience. We encourage audience interaction. So please, if you have a question, feel free to jump in at any time. And we'll bring you in. All right. So I know my main man, Russ. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to defer this one to you, my brother. Yeah, I know you, I, had, I, I you just, got a lot of skin in the fight. Go ahead, my brother. I, go ahead. You know, I, I want to jump it off like this. You know what I'm saying? I just We're going to start with Coach K. You just want to go over the tournament as a whole. But before we get into that, my bad. Before we get into all that, I want to give a shout out to Minute Man Scott, who won the Sports Sushi Tournament Challenge mm-hmm. and took okay. $100 from me. Next time I'm paying you in pesos. But it's cool. <laughs> But it's cool, but no, you want to go over just that game first and then the tournament as a whole, or? Let's, go, let's touch the game, and, uh, and then we'll go with the tournament. But this is just, you know, give props to props to Congratulations to Kansas. Let's touch them in a second, because I got something to say about them. But I will say, as far as the game was concerned, as a Duke fan, disappointed, yes. As a, just a person, a basketball fan, someone that watches basketball, it was a great game, by the way. It was an awesome game. Couldn't ask for anything else in a basketball game. And honestly, after the, I guess you could say the agony of defeat, looking back as a Duke fan, as a fan of the rivalry, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't, but the record in the rivalry up until that point, we can go back in time if you let me, the record at the time of the last game at Coach K at the um, at Cameron Indoor, the record, I believe it was, Duke was 50, it was 50 to 48. So... After the and this is the the record between the two schools and so after that game it was fifty to forty nine Duke, North Carolina ended this man's career, tied the series back up and now there's two coaches that are about to start anew. So as a basketball fan, that's some fucking storybook shit right there. Then that's live. Like as a rivalry, you just tied that bitch back up and y'all about to restart it. Let's go. 
And, and you ended the other coach. So as a basketball fan, that's probably the trillest shit that North Carolina could have done. And I think that's the only way this Duke North Carolina story can really be written. Like I don't think I don't think that Coach K get, can go off like ha- in happiness. And lastly, as a Duke fan and as a person that loves college basketball, it's like three years from now, two four years from now, even maybe even like maybe two years from now, we refer to this last run. We're gonna say Coach K got to the Final Four. We're, and they played a great game against North Carolina, and it's going to end. The conversation is going to be Coach K got to a Final Four, his last go-round. And the team that he let go, he did let play a style of basketball that they enjoyed. My bad. Go ahead, though. No, so there's one thing that you're forgetting about the whole Coach K thing is that North Carolina beat him. He took his first loss against the Tar Heels and his last loss. So another there's... There is so much bad blood, and, and there's rumors. I don't know if you heard, Russ, but there's rumors that Coach K might come back. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, wow. No, I so, didn't. He can't. Yeah. Somebody from North Carolina going to hunt him down. Somebody from Durham going to find right. him. That game, was that not the best game, college basketball game you've ever seen, though? That game nah, like was. was everything, man. That You got guys that can create off the dribble in transition. You got guys nice. – that are that are gonna have long NBA careers. It was I don't Guys think I've ever seen a back from injury. Caleb it was one of the games. Yeah. Caleb Love, man, dog, that dude, he's the truth, man. That and that, even he won that game. And even in a losing effort, Paulo Banchero looked like, yeah, Houston, pick him, pick him. He, he, he looked like he was the best specimen on the court. And I really do think that if it wasn't for Coach K letting the players play so free, which I respect, his last go-around, it really looked like he just sat back and said, this is my last go-around. All y'all are really good players. Go do your thing. And they almost won the whole thing because I really do think if Coach K would have took really, like, severe control like he would have done maybe two or three years ago or even last year, they would have ran sets for Paulo every time down. Yeah, you almost wish they would have. He was dominant. What, you had 20 points, 10 rebounds in that game? But the beauty of it, though, like, even though they lost playing, you could tell that it was a excruciating loss and it was a bad loss, but you could tell by those players it wasn't like we're being forced to, like, it wasn't like watching a Michigan State game where you're like, those guys are forced to play that way. You know what I'm saying? Watching them play, it would look like they were free. And it was dope. And North Carolina, it was trill, bro. Like, they played a six, seven-man lineup, and they didn't even sub like that. Like, they just went out there and they said, Hubert said, I'm playing you six. The rest of you guys... Transfer portal, that way, niggas, you can go because you're not going to play. Only these six are going to play, and it worked. So I, next year's going to yeah. be wired up. Next year's going to be super wired up. Yeah, no, nah, it, it's good, man. Armando Baycott, dude, rolled his ankle. My man mm-hmm. had 11 points, 21 rebounds, man, mm-hmm. in, a, in a legendary performance. Came back in the national title game against Kansas, which I thought UNC was going to win that game. But uh, Kansas was too much down the stretch, man. So congrats to Bill Self which I thought they'd probably get bounced. I didn't even think they'd make it to the Sweet 16, to be honest, just because Bill Self, those guys really don't necessarily consistently perform in the tournament. But hats off to them, man. I think that's their fourth national title in school history. And they've, and, and they've been to the fourth. They've been to 10. This one's for Kenneth Watkins. If not, that's, that's my great uncle. That's his team. So <laughs> I, love to see, I love to see Kansas win. I will say one of the best things I, I, I like from that game, hell, you could say from the tournament overall, was Kansas had the last remaining first-team All-American. I mean, not only did they win, but he, OG Abaji, he did he did win player of the tournament as well. So 
it was nice just to see all that come together and, and that comeback was insane. I I swear when they scored and made it forty when they scored and came back and it was forty three to forty six and they're only down three. That's the loudest I've ever heard a gym on a TV erupt like in a while. Well, it was it was a turned up tournament, turned up game, and uh, yeah, college basketball is lit, bro. Yeah, I usually man try to tune in, but this this go around, I caught bits and pieces of the game. I was actually regulated to pit duty around uh, this time, so I was away from the TV, sadly. But I'm gonna say this, man. I, I, I it, but you neglected the drug sad- that is Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <Watch you, laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm fucking with you. You sober ass nigga. Nah, go ahead. <laughs> nah, so, uh, yeah, man. It, it just it was. I, I hoped for the storybook ending for Coach K. A lot of a- athletes don't get to go out uh, on, a, on a high note like that. The only one that I think of was uh, the recent, most recent was uh, Jerome Bettis, right? Uh, Super Bowl in his hometown. That's a show Detroit. in itself. That's yeah. a show in itself. Because I do think we could do a whole topic of the best and worst ways to go out. But let's not. We, yeah. we don't want to dive into that. But yeah, not, every, everybody, I think everybody wanted not everybody but a lot of people wanted the storybook ending but one thing i will say about the march madness tournament and the reason why it's so popular every year why it will never die no matter who's in it is because no matter who wins the tournament no matter who's in the final four the tournament never disappoints not one time has anybody ever said i'm disappointed in march madness no they're disappointed in the team someone blew it kentucky like, you know what I'm saying? Things like that happen, but nah, the tournament as a whole, it, it was awesome. From getting to see St. Petersburg, the Peacocks, to getting to see kids like Jaden Ivey, where they made you say, damn, there are other players other than Paulo. To see Timmy and Chet challenged by Memphis and win, to see them challenged again and lose, to see Benedict Matherin, future NBA player for Arizona, the talent that was spread out, the way that the coaches let the players play, it was a free, it was, they looked more free. The rest still need to be worked on a little bit, but the tournament never disappoints, bro. I love it. I love it. Every year it comes, I love that, it. It's like a flash in the pan. And one of the things that people aren't mentioning is we had the COVID year last year, so you had a lot of guys maybe decided to stay back a year or they came back and they're fifth-year seniors. And, man, it, it reminds me back of the older days when you had, like, pride in being at your school for more than just being a one-and-done where you could be there for three, four yeah. years and, and see things develop and player development and stuff like that. But, yeah, just the quality of basketball, you could tell just from a fundamental standpoint, was improved. And you're starting to see coaches, like, get – be more current with the times. Like, Coach K never let his guys play free. He's always never. been regimenting, getting them in the sets and stuff like that. And to see him just pull a Calipari and just let these dudes do what they do. Yeah. I mean – it was. It's too late. You hope like John Shire and Hubert Davis let their guys just kind of play how they want to play, man. I think uh, because, they would. I think yeah, the show but, Hubert Davis I, would. Yeah. What he say Sterling in the middle of the game? Bro. That was the liveest halftime or mid game interview ever. It's live out here. It's live ball out here. I was like, bro. I was like, he's, I got turned up. I was like, yes. I was like, they hooping in that bitch. I was like, the coach is fucking wired up. I was like, the Hubert snorts with cocaine before the game. Yeah, but I loved it. I loved every moment of it, bro. Like, I think what you said is true. We saw like a, a perfect mixture of one and done and guys that have been in the system. And I think that we're just going to see more of that with what we're going to talk about later with NIL deals and things of that nature. I think that's just going to open the door to, for guys to stay uh, unless you're about to get the big bucks. Okay. 
speaking of one and duns, uh, we're going to shift over to the NBA playoff. Lakers out. They won't even get a chance to step out into the postseason. We don't need to talk about them old niggas. They lost. Yes, they are out <laughs> officially. <laughs> Goodbye. Did you hear what that they said, man? He was like, LeBron. He was like talking about how LeBron's not the GOAT and we should no you shouldn't even be in the conversation because he, he averaged twenty nine points a game and his yeah. team was trash. I, I don't agree with anybody's feelings on that. And and if a person was like young at the time when Jordan was young, you can't believe half the shit they say. It's like talking to a Kobe fan nowadays sometimes. Like it goes it goes it gets out of hand. You know what I'm saying? So I won't get into the Jordan and all that type of goat because we can have a different conversation of that anytime, but I just I just don't feel like it's worth talking about them. There's just so many other teams that are doing better. Like, the Lakers are out. That's your news on the L.A. team. Them niggas is out. Why? Because they was old and Russell Westbrook did not fit in. Next teams we need to talk about is we need to get to talk about these motherfucking Mavericks because I'm going to sneak this one in here because you motherfuckers out there is talking about basketball and you're not talking about these motherfucking Mavericks. You want to talk about all three of the people that you got in the top three of the MVP? Guess who beat them niggas? Luca beat, he just beat Greek Freak. He has already, he's already beaten John Morant four out of the four or three out of the four times the Mavericks have played him. When the Philadelphia 76ers ran up here, Joel got sent out here with an L. This shit should be racism what he's doing out here, except for the fact that when the Nuggets came to town, he smacked Joker over the head and gave him an L too. So I just want to say the MVP is Luka. When your second best player is a guy that people don't want to acknowledge as a Robin yet, because Spencer Dins Woody, then Woody will be there. You just don't know it yet, or you don't want to accept it yet. Then they'll then it's just nah man. The MVP of the NBA is Luka. All this popularity, I know I said Joker, but that's before I saw Luca tear everybody's asshole wide open, and he's going fucking nuts. The shit is ridiculous. I live in the city. I see it on a nightly basis. This is the most impressive basketball clinic I've seen put on in a while. Shout out to the Suns, because them niggas could probably get the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals, which is what I think probably is going to happen. We can get more of that, but we just need to talk about the other teams. We can get on the Suns, too. Like, anybody but the other team in L.A., you, we can talk about the Clippers. We is not talking about nothing purple and gold on this show because they are losers. Well, let's, not, let's talk about the purple and orange. So let's move to purple and orange. <laughs> All right, we let's can do that. Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. Are these guys coming into the Western Conference Finals? Is this the year? Is this the year that my boy Chris Paul gets a ring? I'll let Sterling go first. Yeah, look, man. I, I... All right, we call over Yeah, guys. I don't. I... Look, I think Dallas is their only competition. I don't see Memphis being a, a tough competitor in terms of. I think they're gritty. They've always been gritty. But I think they lack depth. That ain't nothing but a dance. That ain't nothing but a dance. After Sterling uh, rap finishes up, we'll bring you in, Shotgun. Yeah, look, man. I, if I had, I'm a Dallas guy. Like, Lucas tearing ass up, like Russ was saying, man. So I want the Mavericks to win the title. But the Suns are good, man. The Suns, they're good. They real good. So yeah, I think they got a chance, but man, if I had to bet money on it, I'm going with my mask, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Luca out here committing hate crimes, bro. He killing these niggas. All right, I'm sorry, nigga. <laughs> All right, let's bring your shotgun to see what he has to add to it. Hey, Yo, I, on the Mavs, I got them coming out of the West too, possibly. But um, hey, to to go back to the Lakers, it's national news because some of you people say LeBron James is the goat. The greatest of all time. <sighs> you can't just say, oh, they're out. 
let's not talk about them. Because if Michael Jordan didn't make the playoffs, we would talk about that. When Kobe was carrying those trash teams to seven seeds and getting bounced out in the first Wait, round. he was carrying them to what? I'm sorry to interrupt you, caller, but he was carrying them to what? In you fashion. Said... LeBron nope. fans gloss over, oh, he has a whole team. Oh, he had Westbrook. They don't talk about how he missed 19 games, how he was hurt, how he didn't shoot well from the field. These are things that need to be talked about. So you can't just gloss over the fact that they didn't make the playoffs. So I would like to hear y'all's take on the Los Angeles Lakers, because if it was Kobe, if it was Jordan, if it was some of the people we say who are the greatest of all time, we would address that. All right, I got you. And and just a specialty for you, just start naming players on our team and I'll tell you why they sucked it up this year. We can start, I'll start, damn it. Anthony Davis, you frail, no disrespect, if that sounded disrespectful, but you gotta learn how to either not fall down or not get hurt. LeBron, you're 37. What what else is there to say? You averaged 30 points and like 16 rebounds, damn near triple double. I, I like you played your ass off, but you're 37. You can't carry nobody. Carmelo, I love you. You're my favorite player out of the bunch. Bruh, you can still help a team, but they was putting you in pick and roll situations and you can't play defense, nor have you ever been able to play defense. Let me see. Russell Westbrook, lesson, hey. It's just not working out. Like you ever seen those relationships? Be like it's just not working out because it just don't fit. Like that. That's pretty much it with that there. What? what who? We got anything else? You should have signed Buddy Hield instead. You should have kept Alex Caruso. Your team was built horribly. You got people in the front office that shouldn't be making basketball decisions. The Lakers are a literal shit show, and I don't like to talk about shit. I like to talk it. Well, yeah, man, I'm gonna have to. Hey, I'm gonna have to agree, man. LeBron obviously is carrying, but AD, man, he don't even play. Like my man, only he. Look, man, the last two years, like we've all expected AD. AD's gonna take over the league. He's gonna take over, and he just doesn't, man. Like no, never. he's always injured, and he's not consistent when he's out there. How many times are we gonna have to pump this dude up? And then you got Russ over here. I don't know what happened in Russ's game. This nigga straight cheeks, dog. Like, yeah. this nigga can't, he can't shoot. He's, hey, go ahead. No, no, I was going to agree 100%, but I'm the worst part about it is we're still saying this, and we can all acknowledge that this past maybe month, he's played well. But the totality of the season, nah, it's cheeks. And to, to the caller's statements about LeBron being the GOAT, like I said, we can talk about that at another time. I really still juggle the choices, and I think we should wait till he retire. But the nigga is averaging 30, and he's probably going to finish as the number one scorer. So he's doing his job. The only thing he didn't do was play GM properly because the team they put together is trash. You put together a bunch of guys that can't play defense and don't want to play defense with a coach whose specialty is what, guys? Defense. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally like they gave a retard an algebraic test and said, how come he couldn't pass the hole on the first try? Some people say that word is offensive, sir. What else is <laughs> offensive? The Los Angeles Lakers are offensive. Play. You know, they're offensive. Oh. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars are offensive. The Detroit Lions are yeah, pretty are. offensive. The Jets, they're offensive. So I'm sorry, some they offensive are. things may be said, but shit, what just else? jokes. The Lakers, the Lakers three-point shooting on the season, 34%. 34%, bro. That's your three-point percentage, man? Like, y'all like, trash. Wrap it up. It's yeah, they just, hold, let, just hold, let, I mean, we could we could have we could have went into Minnesota's doing good. We just saw Anthony Edwards jump over somebody or jump, made somebody jump out the way. Excuse me, the other night with a spectacular dunk. 
The Suns, the Suns are looking like a great team. We already discussed the Mavericks. Steph Curry's ramping up. Do we think that they could come in and do some damage if he's healthy enough, or are they already sunk because we don't think he can ramp it up enough? I don't know. That's a pretty Boston. good thing to talk about. What's Boston up? jumped jumped up to two. Very intriguing. Yeah, they are very intriguing. Very intriguing the, team. The goalies, you know, we. You know who's not intriguing? Who's that there, my brother? The the fucking Lakers. They're not intriguing because them <laughs> niggas trash. They suck. They're not intriguing. All right, but yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. They could it it could, it could have anybody on their team. You think this is a apologetic apologize LeBron? No, nah, my nigga, you lost. You missed the playoffs too, big six eight nigga. Yes, you missed it too. Go get your record, but your team was trash, and that's that's about it. Do do we talk about the Orlando Magic? I don't think so. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Cause ain't nothing to talk about. Cause them niggas <laughs> trash. All right, yeah. Like Knicks trash. You know what I'm saying? Like we could. Hey, yeah. That's all I got to say about the Lakers trash ass niggas. Right now is shaping up with the Suns are sitting at the first, Grizzlies are sitting at the two, Warriors third, Mavs fourth, Jazz fifth, and. Oh, every- I'm sorry to interrupt you. The Jazz. That's an interesting one because, on a serious note, their two best players can't fucking stand each other. Like. It's on record that, not what's said record, but, like, stat record that Donovan Mitchell only passes this guy, Rudy Gobert, the ball, like, three times. Like, an average of three times a game. And Rudy Gobert is about to win defensive player of the year, might win defensive player of the year again, which he's done, like, what, three, two or three, four? I, I don't know the exact number. He's done multiple times before, I believe. So if that team is intriguing. They traded away Joe Ingles, who was like the homie that was in the middle of everything. Now nah, we can stick it together. So this is literally like Utah's last chance before D-Way's D- D- diabolical scheme to get uh, Donovan Mitchell to Miami works out. But no, nah, in all seriousness, that's the interesting one because that's the team that like two years ago we were looking at, damn, they could really surprise the people. And now the two best players on each other and it's looking, oh, shit, that, that might get blown up after this year. So that, that's an interesting one. And Joker playing without Murray and other stars and still killing. That's a good one. Who's y'all's MVP? I still think it's uh, Jokic right now. It's still him, man. But but Luka should come in. I would say Luka comes in number two. I'll, I'll give the... I'll, I'll, I, I want to agree 100%, but I, I'll put my fan to the side and say I, I believe that Luka is a solid three, and that's because he beat the Greek freak this last weekend. And, and I'll put Greek four... But I do think that Joker deserves it just because, unlike the other guys, except for maybe Luka, but now he's got Dinwiddie who's healthy. Like, he's literally doing this without two guys that if they were on that team would legitimately probably be like a number one or two seed, right up there with the Suns. But his two his two road dogs are hurt, and he's still out there cooking every night. So I, I have to give it to Joker still at this moment. So. so biggest surprise or upset this season thus far, uh, which team or player has superseded your, your preseason expectations or just completely fell on their face and was a disappointment? I must say, for disappointment, it, it has to be the Brooklyn Nets. They were so hyped up. And James Harden did his... I'm sorry, he's like T.O. basketball. And T.O. was doing his run around the teams. Would you say it's the Nets or would you say it's James Harden? I'm going to say... Ah, that's really good, Ooh, man. Separate the two. Well, see, the I, I'm gonna say, I'm, I, I'm gonna have to say it, it was the Nets because, in my mind, I had them going to the Eastern, the represent the East. I had them coming out the East, or at least going to the finals. I mean, not the finals, the the, the conference, the Eastern Conference. And now it's not looking like they'll get there. I think it's just stronger guy uh, teams on the East than, than than them right now. 
Boston. Say it's a failure that was yeah. unexpected at yeah. the beginning of the season. Yeah, uh, I so I, I, I'm gonna have to still stick with with the Nets, even though that you you can rest a, a good portion of it on Harden. But I, I gotta say, I gotta say it was the Nets for me. I'm about to go with the Timberwolves, man. Nobody nice, expected these nice, to do, nice. do anything. This has been a franchise that's been peaks for fucking. <laughs> 15 years, man. Yes, bro. Hey, Anthony Edwards, man, my, my dude averages 21 points a game. Like a legit, one of the concerns for him coming out of college out of Georgia was, is he able to consistently, you know, put the ball on the floor, create a shot, develop a jumper, and he's doing it, man. Yeah. He's doing it. And then you got D. Russell, my guy D. Russell out there, silky, smooth-ass point guard. This team is really coming together. Carl Anthony Towns, man, you could tell that he's been maturing. That was the thing that, that my favorite story. Besides uh, my Mavericks, he's my favorite story of the year. Yeah, yeah, man. That that dude has been he he's come through a lot, man. Mom with the COVID thing, he lost mm-hmm. his mom. He's been dealing with a lot of stuff off the court, but man, he's putting a lot of work. You could tell on his game, his footwork. He's just he we already knew he could shoot. One of the best pure shooting big men's in the game. Yeah, man. I would say the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. They definitely raised some heads this year. I want to piggyback yeah, I, off, I, off what you just oh, said. Uh, I want to piggyback off what you just said, Sterling. Yeah, they have a, a, a great roster, but I'm going to say this, man. My X Factor for the um, Minnesota Timberwolves, hey, man, the hyena himself, oh, God. Pat he Beverly, goes. man. Oh, All right, God. look, let me tell you something about <laughs> Pat Beverly. Uh, I'm sorry, in Dallas, we referred to him as too fucking small. Well, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> let, me you, let me tell you tell you something about Patrick Beverly, man. Look, I've always been a Pat Beverly fan whenever he was uh, with the Rockets. I did not want to see him leave, but I understand that he had to go and do his thing. But Pat Beverly Why you got to put Houston and everything? Why? Because why, why? I'm a Houston fan. Because we don't have anything to talk about right now. So this is how I did that Sterling. We talking about a team in Minnesota. It's the six and he found a way to get Houston niggas will find a way to get Houston into anything, I swear to God. (laughs) We we just sent out everything. What do you mean? You could be talking about the the war in Ukraine and they be like, yo, yo. Oh, like, I can find a way to to make Houston. I can find a way to make Houston. I can find six degrees of separation. My niggas make a uh, home in the military. They over there. You can't right now, but nigga, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ain't bring up no Paul Wall. We good. Bro, yeah, man. Nah, but, let's, let's, right, nah, but 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 I always enjoy Pat Beverly's and his play. He's his hard, pesty style of defense. He knocked the guys tooth out in, in the game. That's great for TV, as far as I'm concerned. That was like a highlight. I said, oh Jesus. So I, I do I love his his approach to defense and his enthusiasm. I know it pisses people off, it bugs people, and shit like that. Hey man, when you play the villain, you gotta get yours sometimes. And I understand yeah. how I go. No, I I really think yeah, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the, like the Minnesota. That was my first thought. Carl Anthony Towns is probably my favorite like growth I've seen this year from a player. Another good story that, that was made me real happy was until the injuries kind of bogged him down with Chicago. That was pretty dope. I really like that. And probably one of my most disappointed is probably the fucking Knicks. They suck. And all they do is dribble to the left. And they should be so much better than they are. But let's not talk about negative teams that do negative things that make us sad. Let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers because that's a young squad that really... It was one that we all basketball fans stood back and was like, yo, 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 Cleveland, I ain't finna say they're going to be really trill, but yo, they play right. They're going to be pretty trill. And we saw them come out there this year, and they're going to make the playoffs or play in playoffs. They're going to be in there. So I like to see them. I like to see the youth 
come up because it's, it's my belief that y'all hear me say like them niggas old and blah 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 because when it's time bro and so i like to see the young cats in sports come up and beat the older dudes like i can't wait for someone to come kick matt stafford's ass out and make him want to retire tom brady your ass is coming it's just coming next it's coming brother like them young niggas gonna get you up out of there like errington got aikman up out of there like it's okay. coming i love to see it lucas scoop these old niggas up out of the office all things come with new beginnings. And speaking of new beginnings, MLB is ending the new season. Opening day is tonight. Since we got to start off, state your team. You already know my team, man. Hey, man, I, I stake my, my, my hat 2017. No asterisks, Astros, baby. Oh, man. I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, but I've been a fan of them since they had King Griffey Jr., Jay Buhner, Tino Martinez, all those dudes. Ichiro, now they just suck. I don't even be watching them like that. Base. The Yankees are the best team fucking ever. Shout out 27 on our way to 28. That's all I got to say yeah. about that shit, nigga. <laughs> this guy here. More so, championships than uh, you can dream of. More championships than you can dream of. Skeeters. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> takes one to no one. That's all I got to say. Carlos Correa, uh, obviously one of the biggest uh, departures from this offseason from us. I- I'm really a wait and see type of guy. I want to see what they do. I know they're playing probably right now. I haven't even got a chance to even. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I got in a check room. I'm sorry. Y'all Go see? Ahead. Okay, y'all. Baseball, cool. I love baseball. I'm not going to lie. We might need to skip because there's a nigga that jumped in to listen. And right when he heard us say baseball, he, I'm out. <laughs> no, no, that ain't, that, that's, uh, that's Dave. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I was just no, that's joking. Dave, uh, no, I'm just that's, messing with you. I'm just making the point that don't put him to sleep with baseball. But no, 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 no. We, we, we not. We not. Because all we're going to do is <laughs> touch We just touching bases, uh, uh, so to speak. But no, that's our uh, guest for for the show. My friend Dave has a son in. that just signed a Prairie View A&M. I think he's going to be the starting cornerback or nickelback or some shit of that. And he wants to talk about NIL. Yeah. Let's bring him in. And things of that sort. Um, yeah, he jumped in and jumped out, so I'm gonna have to go see what that was all about. But uh, let's go ahead and well, step over to the NFL real quick while we I uh, go figure that out. Uh, Stephon Diggs signed a big bag of Bills Mafia for life, man. He got inducted into the family <laughs> forever, forever. Uh, Sterling, that's a big uh, commitment, but I, I, I think he. Yeah, I think he's one of the bigger. I'm gonna be honest. I think he's. In this, I know other people have presented arguments, but I like Stephon Diggs. I like what he does in that offense. I think it's deserving. Hey, man, it's the market now, man. You gotta pay. You gotta pay to play. Hey, Sterling, it's your team. What's up? Yeah. Oh, you already know. You already know. So first of all, yeah. Man. Sorry, you gotta say it like this. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm excited that he's staying, man. Uh, and I know people have their arguments about Justin Jefferson. And, and But at the time of the trade, that was the right move, man. Because Josh Allen needed Stephon Diggs just as much as Stephon Diggs needed Josh Allen. Josh Allen was an unproven young quarterback, and he needed a guy that can cut that he could depend on to come in and run routes and do the things that he needed to get done. Justin Jefferson, nobody knew Justin Jefferson was going to be this good. But here's the funny Thanks. part. This is how it all works. I did, but that's beside the point. Okay, so you get Stephon Diggs on the fourth highest wide receiver contract in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. Just think in two years what Justin Jefferson's contract is going to be. Him and Jamar Chase are going to be competing. So this actually works out well in the Washington. It's still a trade for both teams, but today we're talking about Stephon Diggs on a four-year, $104 million extension with $70 million guaranteed. My man is bringing it in. $20 million <laughs> annually. $20 million 
annually, which is lower than Tyreek Hill, which is lower than Devontae Adams. So the Bills oh, actually money they made out. <laughs> they made out on the deal. And, and I still think they need to go get a wide receiver in the draft, but that's just me. I think they're going to do it. But yeah, man. We're going to dive into that next week for sure. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But, y'all, man, I'm I'm pumped about Diggs, man. This offense is going to take off even more this coming season. I just got to say, yeah, I agree 100% with what you said. For the Cowboys Nuggets, we didn't do shit because we don't do shit. We got Dante Fowler Jr. Yay. Bring on the guest. Yeah, it's just depressing. I don't know what the Cowboys doing, man. If y'all look, man, Trayvon wants to play with Steph. So why don't we just give you Tremaine Edmonds? And a third, and y'all just go ahead and give us your boy, your cornerback, and we straight. We don't call it. Let good. me take this time to let the people know that we do not condone smoking dope <laughs> on the Sports Sushi <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> and you are high, Dude. my friend, if you think we would ever do anything like that. But let's go ahead and bring in the guest because I want to see what we got to say about this, this young man playing this uh, foosball. We're going to bring in my boy, uh, Super Dave, David Cool, a uh, friend, friend of mine for a very long time, childhood friend. Hey, man, just go ahead, accept that invite. We can bring you in. Make Yo, you kids, Dave? Yo, what up? There you what go, there he is. How you doing, my brother? It's my partner, Dave. I am. Dave, David Cool. Uh, so, Dave, let's go ahead and start off by introducing yourself, tell people uh, what it is that you do, and then we're going to dive into a couple questions to talk about sports betting, and because uh, I'm going to tell you something. I have a couple stories about this guy uh, with some sports betting. <laughs> I did win this guy some money, man, one time, and we'll get into that a, a little later. But so just just tell the the people, man, a little bit about yourself. Yo, it's Super Dave, man. I pretty much do a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm a project manager. I do construction, real estate for a living. And then my my real hustle is I'm a sports investor. <laughs> I turned, yeah, I, turned <laughs> I turned, I turned, I uh, turned nickels into dimes through uh, <laughs> sports investing. Let's just say it like that. <laughs> That's Sweet. what he does. It's the fuck he does. So uh, let's go ahead and start um, uh, right now. Coming into this year, you have a son, Devin Coyle, my nephew. During the recruiting process, Devin was recruited at at, at the cornerback position out here in Houston, Texas. Yeah, uh, a couple of different schools, a couple of different divisions. So so, so what, what schools uh, were uh, displayed the most interest at that time throughout this uh, recruiting process? It's weird, man. I would say the most interest came from Alabama A&M. Schools out of the swag, historical black college. They hit us up first, came to a couple of the games. The coach came and, and met with me, met with his mom as well. Just a real, a real solid school. But he told us early on, he was like, yo, we love Devin. We love the skill set. But I got to be honest with you. I'm giving the same offer to 17 other kids. And I have 21 scholarships this year. <laughs> so he flat told us like, yo, first come, first serve, baby. That's you know, smaller school. Exactly. I, I, I appreciate it. It was a smaller school, but it was the HBCU. We wanted him to head in that direction. But yeah, they courted us the hardest for sure. And then uh, I would probably say second to them was the school he actually chose, which is Prairie View A&M. It's, it's a Texas school. A, a couple of, I think three other guys from his team got recruited to the same one. I, I think for him, he was just kind of more or less like wanting to stay with some of his dogs and roll with some of the same defensive schemes. They run a cover two scheme as well. So, okay. So, okay. man, the, the process yeah. was so much fun, though. So much okay. fun getting invited out. All the different schools presenting different aspects. We got an offer from Clark Atlanta. We got an offer from Louisiana Tech. We got an offer from Northern Iowa. 
It was, I feel like it was a broad range of schools. Of course, Alabama and m was we just talked about. The only other Texas school was Texas State, uh, but it was uh, partial. We got a couple partials from people too, but it was a partial, so he didn't really want to deal with a partial scholarship. Hold on, he didn't, I didn't, because, you know. Yeah, 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 you had to come out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I didn't. Yeah. What trying to it was fun, though. I can tell you the, the one thing that stood out to me the most, it was how COVID has affected recruiting. Because these kids didn't have as much tape for them, some of these kids, Devin in his case, they played two fewer games. Two, two games in the junior and senior level, man, that's a lot of football to miss. Yeah, that, that's uh, actually, shit, that's four games, I think. That's four games, yeah, four, four games. See, he missed four games his last two years. And then, let alone, if it, thank God he didn't get injured. He only got injured one half, basically. There's a lot of kids, man, that saw their dreams go up in smoke with one ankle injury. You don't have the luxury of being able to miss games when you got four games off the schedule. But, you yes. know, that, that, was, that was tough for sure. Yo, Dave, I got a question for you. Can you tell the listeners what a, a partial scholarship is? So, so basically what it is... Parents got to front the bill. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> basically, what a, lot of, what, what a lot of schools do is they bring you on what's a, I guess in the NBA, they call it like a, like a 10-day contract or a 12-day contract. Basically, what they do is they bring you in, they pay for your initial entry on campus, but then you're responsible for everything that that kid does, like living in room and board, books, anything that happens, you know, when they get there. So they basically just pay to get you there, essentially. And look, again, you can earn your full scholarship while you're there. But I feel like they they like to have you, but they don't need you. That's a good right. way of putting it. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right, man. Uh, I was offered a partial to Southern through a relative. It wasn't even official. He was just like, hey, yeah, I can get you on because he was a, a coach in Louisiana. And I was yeah. like, what are we talking about? And he, that's when he broke it down to me was a partial. He was like, you're essentially a walk-on. He yeah. says, yeah, essentially a walk-on. He says, they pay for this. He's two years, they probably take care of shit. He says, and after that, you're on your own. It didn't really sound that appealing to me, and I was still... I, I'll be honest, with me, I was already banged up, and I was just like, you know what, man, I, I'm just going to go to UTS. So that because, literally sounds... Oh, I'm sorry, I was just going to literally that, sounds like an eh, maybe, yeah, on paper, yeah. though. Basically, it's funny because pretty much most of the schools in the SWAC pretty much offered him a concept. Look, we'll pay to get you here. I, I think it was something like 38 or 3900 bucks. We'll pay to get you here, come in, get you set up, see how you play, and then the rest is up, you know, you and your folks. And of course, they they give you help with fast food and all that shit. But I'm sorry, I ain't made a cards. But at the end of the day, yes, you, you go. <laughs> at the end of the day, man, you really go with people who want you there. I was just telling my son, don't get too caught up in some of the college visits. You know, he got a little caught up in the females. He got caught up. I'm like, bro, we're not here to check out. <laughs> Excuse my French hoes. Our goal is to look at the facilities. Our goal is to look at the the, the academic programs. Our goal is to look at proximity of the city to other things to do because I told him I like yo you get out here and get bored don't come home you bro you are not welcome home <laughs> we got so many other things to do with your room fam so you need to get comfortable out here get used to being out here I wanted him to not just make a choice or a decision you know for one reason I wanted him to make several get several understandings of what the atmosphere looked like so and the business were important that's cool yeah. that's, that's good it sounds like like y'all went through it thoroughly and that's that's what's that's I think that's one thing that is expected and wanted, but I think a lot of times it's not always done. Right. Well, I mean, look, from, from, from the beginning, we, when we first started this football thing, he told me, look, my, my goal is not the NFL. He's look, if, if something happened and I get out there and act a fool and it happens, great. But the goal is to get an education. I think 
some of his friends, for example, he had a buddy that got uh, that went to Baylor. They gave him an invite to walk on. He's going to walk on and try to do his thing at Baylor just for the name of it being Baylor, being in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we, we realized early on that's what we were that's what we was gonna try to do. We're not gonna go out there just for exposure um and put ourselves out there. And I told him you're gonna dig into a ton of debt. Baylor was like two hundred and eighty thousand dollars in state. Nuts. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't care what nobody tell you. Somebody somebody offer you an opportunity to scratch a lot of ticket for free. I'm like, nah. Nah. I, you know, I can't do it, bro. Two hundred eighty grand is nuts to to be in state. So a lot, a lot of money, of money that you that that'll be hard to recoup. Maybe yeah. scratch this kid, lotto ticket. If you win, yeah. <laughs> everything. If you lose, your soul is mine. Like it's not... <laughs> like that's exactly how it works. Unless you're gonna be a doctor. No shade to my boy. He's smart as a whip, but he ain't no doctor. So <laughs> we ain't, I ain't got to worry about that. I ain't got to worry about that at all. But shit, I mean, uh, unless he, he go ahead, he act a fool, or he becomes a very marketable person. He starts knocking down some NIL deals. I know you, Dave, personally. I know that you <laughs> will welcome if your son will land a couple NIL deals. I know that literally, for a fact. What, what's your view on that? Yo, I was, so all of my questions that I talked to revolved around the NIL deals and what it meant for sponsorship, what they were doing to garner attention. Of course, Deion Sanders in the, in the SWAC, being in the SWAC, which by the way, was a school we sent tons of tape to, you know, Deion was kind of my idol growing up. He plays the same position as Dev. So we, we talked a lot about what that would mean to get to Jackson state. Yo, let me tell y'all Jackson state is the Alabama of the SWAC. <laughs> you, 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 you hear what Already. I'm saying? Took him less than two years. Yo, yo, just to get like access to an email to send to the right person. It's all about really the recruiters getting to the right people, right? The recruiters from Jackson State, when they come through, they have escorts. That's how serious it is for them to be able to look at a kid. So uh, there was a couple of guys, for example, who would pop up and say, yo, for 1500 bucks, I can get you this package and I can get it to Dion or one of his recruiters. I'm like, yeah, oh, wow. bro, for 1500 $1, bucks, bro, the Rockets going to beat the Supersonics. I, I can't do it. <laughs> it's, it's so many more good, better uses of my time and energy than to, than to give somebody $1,500 so he can throw my tape in the trash. Oh, boy, on Hustle and Flow. Yeah. <laughs> people, are, actually that. people are actually paying that. They paying oh, that right now. People paying that. What you mean? Man, this boy pulled up to me in a, that, uh, that new night. It's like a 2020 S550. I ain't never seen a recruiter do that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never seen a recruiter pull up. Yeah, he was Jackson State head to toe, but the whip he was in was crazy. I'm like, oh, you recruiting, huh? And in reality, I know he taking, he's taking these boys. These moms are running up on him, giving him gift cards to Papacitos, first, <laughs> first, first row tickets to the dance. Saying one mom was like, she danced. I'm like, dance like ballet and shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, like these people are really trying to get the opportunity and push their kids to the next level. And I'm not mad at him. I'm just saying I, I respect the hustle. It's just I'm not gonna jump in that rat race. Not me. Yeah, it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem worth it. It's cause yeah. If you're that nice, they come get you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and I always agree. Is the tape gonna always speak for itself? But the, there are other people that do open these avenues and these doors that can you know get you that access. Like from with my experience with you know my uncle, he just knew he knew a guy. Yeah. He, knew, he had a relationship with, because he didn't even play at Southern. He played at LSU, but he just had a relationship with Aeneas Williams, the uh, the guy that uh, used to play cornerback for the Rams. He Honestly. had a relationship. 
Yeah, and, and Cardinals. Had a relationship with him, and throughout that, he started meeting people at Southern. He tried to basically was like, hey, man, if you put together a tape, I can be at the very least, you will have a, a wish call. You can guarantee it. And I was just like, you know what, man? Uh. But I can tell you right now, if they had the NIL deals back then, I definitely would win. I, I would win. I would act a goddamn fool. I had, a, just trying, I had an actual... My, I had a, I'm sorry, to I had a question for you, Dave, though, about, about the NIL deals. With it being your child, see, it's different mm-hmm. when you're asking it's a guy, and it's, what would you do? Is there anything that you, like, talked about your son? Like, look, son, like, you can't be out here endorsing herpes cream. We can't have you doing shit like that. You know, is there anything like like you talked about? I, I'm like, that's a joke, but seriously, is there anything you talked about him with? I don't think you should try to endorse this or stay away from these types of things. Or we just like, yo, if they're going to put some money in your pocket, you can stock it. Brand. Protect his brand. So basically, there were a couple things that we talked about as, as far as with the coach that I needed clarification. So essentially, everybody, pretty much most of the deals are division-based with a few exceptions of, like, big schools like Bama, O-State, Texas, North Carolina, to name a few. But so, basically, the SWAC is going to essentially split all the NIL profits, which is amazing for every school except Jackson State. (laughs) Because Because they make the most. They set the market. Of course, they set the market for that. And so, it's going to work out in a sense that everybody in the SWAC really is going to benefit from some of those deals. So, first, there's an NIL cut or, or, or a division cut that they give. So, I don't remember him telling me exactly how much it was last year, but each player gets six to seven hundred bucks just on that, just, just based that deal. So of course it'll go up as he stays in school. So I think year one it'll be a couple hundred bucks, but they're hoping or projecting by by the time Dev's a senior, it'll be closer to eleven hundred bucks, okay. which means it'll be something stupid for Bama, Texas. Yeah, some of them cats they're gonna get stupid checks. Yeah. Dev has a cousin at Cal, and he got hundred bucks every two weeks last this year, this mm. past year, twenty twenty one. So, and, and he's at Cal. They're, they are absolute trash. <laughs> but, but it's the Pac-12. All right, so then, now, let's talk about the personal deals. So, Dev has a brand that uh, he's worked hard to build throughout high school. It's a, a clothing brand, but it's really more a moniker at this point. It's MMM, Money Making Mindset. Shout out to the plug. But what he does is he's sold probably, I don't know, at this point, maybe 50 or so shirts and, and hoodies around his district. And so he's like, look, would I be able to bring, come in if I get grant money, an outside push to sell these products on school? Would I be able to do that? I don't want any kind of conflict or trouble with any type of NIL deal or anything like that. The coach was like, yo, it's actually the opposite. They're actually, if you have something like that, they're actually encouraging alumni and other people to come in and help oh, you with that. And so, cool. right. That's super dope because basically what he was saying is he's like, so Prairie View just got sponsored by Adidas this year to do, and it's it was a big deal because Adidas don't care about the swag. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, so for Adidas, Adidas came in, it's gonna get them new helmets. They're gonna they signed a deal to do three new helmets, two new uniform styles. What he's saying is, look, we can get we can connect you with the guys at Adidas yeah. and see what they can do. You know what I'm saying? To present your you you'll be able to present your brand to them, tell them what it's all about, and see if they can help you as far as getting pairing you with manufacturers and whatnot. So I thought it was really cool the way the the, the way the deal is structured though. It's all based around performance of the division is, is the way they explained it to me as far as being in the swag so yeah okay what's interesting about that is it's like the ncaa has uh I, i'm always waiting for the shoe to drop like the ncaa right. has been the damn the kingpin of all this shit and it's like where are they at right now do you have any insight on because they have to be getting their cut in the back end somewhere or are they sure. actually really putting the athlete first 
What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think it's less about putting the athlete first and more about quieting the masses because essentially the what the NIL rule essentially says, and again, this is the way it was explained to me from a coach. I think it was Daryl, the coach at the DB, the defensive back coach at uh, Alabama State A&M. And the way he basically explained it to me is the NIL just, it only now prohibits a school's direct relationship or school's employee from paying the athlete directly for his or her rights. Now, that that's the way he broke it down to me word for word as far as how it should go. Now, to me, that still leaves a lot to interpret. But essentially, it's just all it means is that you can't work for the school or be directly related to the school and pay the athlete directly. Does that mean that you can't pay a son's athlete's dad to, to volunteer or to be on camp? I don't think it prevents that. So I think that there'll still be tons of loopholes. Uh, always going to make their cut. and They're going to always make their money. I think what this does is quiet the masses. Oh, another thing, too. Sorry, I, I don't mean to go on or, or do a run-on, but I, I want you to also know, and I didn't understand this as well. So you remember when I told you about that cut that everybody gets? Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't just apply to football players. What's Do it all? was. They have, to, they have to divide that through all sports. So I told yeah. Dev, my nigga, you ever thought about playing golf? Yo, yeah. I got, yo, what about swimming? You want, you like swimming? They got a that look. They uh, Pep and M got a, a a nationally recognized chess club. One of the one of the better black chess players in the world. Is, I play Madden. You play two K. They got a game. You, you yo, yo. The reality is, I'm like, bro. Don't limit yourself to what you've already done. Open it up. We talked about kicking. So, Jeremy knows I'm an advocate for my children, especially playing positions of the game that don't have as much risk involved and that can still affect the outcome of the game. That way. When I place my bets, when the thing, when the shit hits the fan, I know that my son is going to be on the field. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. That's, but, but basically what I'm saying is, look. You ain't on the team. <laughs> yo, if you're a kicker, if, if you're a kicker and you, you see the field 10 to 15 times a game, but, but yet the game can still come down to, to plays and decisions that you made, bro, you're just as important. And you're going to get the same ring everybody else get. You're going to get the same ring that's out there busting their head. Hitting the pavement every place. We talked about it. Prairie Union, they don't have they don't have a kicker on the squad right now, a real kicker. And coach is like, and we ain't gonna go after one. We're gonna find somebody that can kick on the team. Well shit, there you go. There you go, Dan. Yeah, so, so right, that shit. I'll be I'll be a hell of a kicker, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's interesting, the question that was poised on Sterling, but it's the NCAA. And I think from what Dave said and other things that even I've seen, it's like it's built into their rules. Basically, you can't use Alabama to catapult you into a super contract. Like, otherwise, it would be too easy for Alabama to say, yo, you just signed with us, and we're going to get you the job. You got to get yourself your own NIL deal, and you can't get, like, an Alabama deal with your name. It's got to be your name only. You can't, right. like, what's his name? I won't say anything about his game, but DJ, the quarterback from Clemson. Mm-hmm. You can legally leave. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Oh boy, dumpster juice. Anyways, yeah, but, all right. Yeah, but the, big the big for no reason. Anyways, so, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and touch on the topic. And, and since Dave's here, we'll, we'll ask his uh, opinion as well. So, does NIL deals mean that elite players or, you know, players like that will stay in school longer to get that money or and not rush to go pro? Absolutely. And, okay, so Dave, you feel that way. Uh, so, what do you think that the, the pros and cons? Uh, coming out there. Let me let me just go ahead and let me start. I think that that people are going to stay a lot. You can start seeing a lot of guys stay the four years. It might not be on the forefront to go and to chase that pro money, 
because your situation might be a little bit better. But on the flip side, you don't run the risk of your not cashing in while the iron is hot or while your draft stock is high. You might come pull the Jake Locker and come back for your senior year, then get exposed. Boy. Now you're gone. You don't even have, at least have a have a high payday. Well, he got paid. Yeah, well, he, no, he, I know what you mean. Because if he would have came out, they, he was they was touting him as a a lock for a top five pick, or or like the top pick or something. Uh, ridiculous. Tim that can throw. And then you also you know obviously run the risk of getting injured and shit like that. That's what I kind of look at it. But I, I love how you gave the, the example of McGahee. So if you think about McGahee, part of the issue that happened with him was he had, he only, the, the school had insurance on all the players. And it was just basically the basic bare bones minimum insurance package. Whereas McGahee himself and his family should have did a better job. Now I'm not saying, because we don't know until we know. And I understand that from, from my understanding of what McGahee's background was, they didn't have a ton of money, right? I'm not saying I'm I'm rich, but I'm more financially literate than I believe he was at the time. But the first thing, when they told me about NIL and they was going to give me a couple hundred um, a month for my kid to go to school, the first thing I said was, that's insurance. So go and get a sports insurance program. Now players can afford to do that. They can go and get a $1 million, a $2 million, a $2 million policy for a kid Devin's age to play sports was only like 700 bucks. Bro, go. go get that. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to play here, if, if I was going to, fifth year, I'm sorry, if I was going to stay for four years, or even three years. If I had a great year and I thought about coming back and I was on the line, maybe I'm a third or fourth round pick. Dog, I'm going to take that money that they're giving me and I'm going to get an insurance policy. Yeah. Now that they're getting paid, I was just to piggyback off of that. I agree with you, Dave. And I think that it will make players stay. And I think that it's that's actually going to be a benefit because we used to always say the only reason they're leaving is for money. The only reason they're leaving is for money. So now it's like the ones that are going to get the high payday where there's no point in them staying because it's, look, you're not going to make this much at the school, then go. We know, you know that you should be leaving. But those fringe guys that it used to be like a punishment. If you were to go, it was like, you can go pro, but you're not ever going to be able to play in college again. You can't enroll to play sports. And once you don't make it this year, you're done. Like, and all, and it's just, it was kind of like a finality to it. Now it's like, go when you're ready. If you don't think that you're ever ready, you won't leave school. If you're a star, this is speaking of like guys, not even stars, but guys getting NIL deals, you won't leave. And with the spreading out of the money, you won't leave with your pockets completely bare. And if you're going there and you're not the cream of the crop, quote unquote, then you probably should be hitting your books anyways, because that's why you right. get the free education. That's the plan. I would want to add to that is who's going to be the voice let's go here if y'all don't mind but like when you talk about african-american athletes and the social economic backgrounds that that we come from a lot of times is poverty situations right who out there is going to be the voice that 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 gets these young athletes to start thinking about the things that you mentioned dave because i think that's always going to be the problem and if you go in the hood and you tell somebody i'm gonna give you two three hundred dollars a month that's get for them that's a game changer you know what right. i'm saying no so, and i think that yeah, so I think that education, they're doing it in the NFL or their rookie symposium. They, these guys go in and they talk to financial advisor and so forth. But, man, I just hope that somebody rises to the occasion and starts spreading this information that, that some of the stuff that you're hitting on. Because th these athletes and, and these kids, they don't know. They don't know how to manage their money. I think it's important. No, I think you're 100% correct. And I think it will happen. I think, like, time is one of those kind of things and knowledge. Like that, the symposium and the people that run it, the symposiums used to be run by one kind of player. Now it's run by a different kind of player that's got more access to more information that matters to the lifestyle of certain players. So 
of, of the African-American ones or which, whichever ones you want to choose. So I just think it comes with the knowledge gained over time. I think it used to just be, you go to college, I got to go pro or it's nothing. And the sad thing about that is a lot of young people's minds work as in, okay, I got to go pro or nothing. If it looks like nothing, fuck it. I'm going to have as much fun as I can right now. Fuck the rest. And some is I'm going to buckle down and get the most out of it. And yeah. that's more of a personality type. So we can preach, preach. But I think now that the the mindset's not going to be, I have to go pro to make the money aspect. It's going to be more, I'm going pro for the, the money's going to be important, of course, but it's more going to be a choice of, am I ready? Do I feel ready? I think a good example of this is the kid, Mikey Williams, because I think it's going to come down to, he's got endorsement deals already. He's making a lot of money already. So when it comes time for him to make a choice about college, pro, whatever, he's going to be able to sit back and make the choice, educated, an educated choice of, do, do I want to go to school? Do I already have something else I'm doing? Do I want to go to pro or do, do I want to go to just go to school just for school because I can pay for it? Or do I want the pressure of playing? Like, I think it's just time. I think the time, because we forget, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the grand scheme of time, 400 years ain't a long time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, yeah. Just, just the time that it takes to get to the point of us to being able to see these lifestyles. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I didn't grow up in a super, in, in, in a super poverty and like poor and everything like that. But I had a lot of friends that didn't have a lot. And we were amazed because now that we're older, like a lot more of us aren't in those super impoverished situations. Like there, people are doing better. So it's just time. It's not like perfect that by any means, but it's just time. Cause you got to learn, you got to learn how to do stuff a different way. You got to learn how to not be like, yo, it's, it's pros or busts, my nigga. So that's all we got. Even, like, even better like, than learning. You got to see it too, bro. Like, yeah. Yo, I came down, we had a dinner at my crib the other day. I came down I was like, yo, birthdays were the worst days. Now we sip champagne. Yeah, yeah, birthdays. You'd be in. Being able to really go in and see other people experience. Yo, I was really in them streets until I saw somebody do it differently. And I can tell you, <laughs> I, I witnessed it first fucking hand. <laughs> I was in them streets. But it, it took me not just learning, but even when I learned it, I was still like so hard headed. But it took me seeing somebody else get money out of the world that was, you know, legal. And he still seemed like a regular dude. And I was like, yo, wait a minute. That's a possibility? Oh, wait, wait. You mean to tell me you mean to tell me I can engineer? I ain't got a slang dope. Oh man. Exactly how you're saying that for your field is exactly how young athletes said, Oh man, hold up, wait. You mean I can use these NIL deals? But you mean I can use this college to go do this instead of the other? So I think it's just it's like seeing it because just to be honest, like it was a lot of, there's a lot, to be honest, there's a lot more people that don't make it than that do. And the more people that we've had make it into the job force and have really good jobs without being LeBron James or without being the next superstar out of college, like it's being seen more. So it's just time. I think it's just Yo, time. let's talk about this too. To your point, Sterling, I, I tell you what, I, one thing that I noticed, I have a client who, an NFL player, and he stayed grounded. He stayed very rooted. And guess what? His... One of his highest mentors is his high school defensive line coach, which I thought was nuts to be. He's your bet in the NFL, probably hit it to the Hall of Fame, DeAndre Hopkins. And, yo, he, literally his coach, his old high school coach, pretty much goes everywhere he goes. 
And That's it's crazy because that coach helped him through the situation at Clemson. That coach helped him through getting drafted. He was there with him through the tech. I feel like those types of influences and people in our lives make a hell of a difference. Because if you look at some of the cats who are not doing as well or who, who lose focus, it's typically some of those who, who don't really have uh, many figures. I ain't going to say male figures. I'm just going to say many figures around. And I think older, what I realized, older, older, I'm going to tell you what I realized through this recruiting process. What I really realized is the coaching carousel in the, in the NCAA today, even in high school, in Texas high school, we have a high profile Texas high school carousel as well, by the way. My son, Dale, for example, uh, he's in KDISD. KD school is a powerhouse in Texas, even in the nation. And I can tell you that he had three different coaches in four years because every year they would do good in his, on his varsity squad somebody would come and post the head coach and he would take a running back. The first coach took a running back position at Iowa. The second year, the coach took a, took a head coach position at a bigger, higher class school. So when I talked to the guys at Prairie View, one of the things that we both liked about it is he was like, look, man, we in a swag. Ain't nobody checking for us. And he, look, I'm, I'm going to say this on, on, on camera. He also said, Hey, and we black. So we, we, he said, he, they start laughing. He said, man, we could win 12, our next 12 straight games. Ain't nobody checking for us. <laughs> and and as, as sad as that may sound, what he told me, to, he looked me in my eye and said, man, I'm not trying to send your kid to the NFL. I'm not trying to uh, get a bigger job at another school. I'm just trying to make your kid a better kid than when he left your, your house. And to me, that was what made the difference to me is that this man was literally telling me up front, yo, he's he, he like, Dave, but we, we could win every game and Nebraska ain't calling me. So the reality of it is, it gives me the opportunity to just focus on growing this team yeah. and helping your son become a better man. Because ultimately, that's what you really want. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like that approach. I do. I really do. But let's go ahead and give our a uh, show plug for the night. Inside the Distance with Ernie Green, if you're a boxing fan or a fan of washed-up bar league pitchers who still have their verbal fastball, go Inside the Distance with Ernie Green every Monday night live in the Discord server. All right, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to shift to the sports betting portion here. So, my boy Dave, man, I remember this day like it was uh, yesterday, man. I went to his house, pulled up at his house. We was chilling. And me, him, and his son Cam, his youngest son Cam, we walk over to Tropical, Polo Tropical or something like that. Freaking place. I remember, man, we eating there. And on the way there, Dave asked me a question. He says, man, the Saints are your team. And I said, yeah. He said, man... He was like, the line says that that they, they won't score more than 17 in the first half. Or it was the first quarter. No, it was the first half. I told it's him. The I said, half, yeah. Yeah, first half. And I told him, I was like, right now they're averaging 24, so I would take the over. And so Dave sat there. He looked at me. Motherfucker, you better be right. So <laughs> I remember he placed the bet. I don't know how much he put on there. It was none of my business. So I remember. <laughs> we go, order our food. We sit down. We eat. It was twelve. It was twelve fifty. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, man, and I'm just telling. Uh, I'm talking to Cam, you know, his son, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the restaurant, Dave busts out. Go, motherfucker, go! He's standing on the fucking table now, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, baby. Yeah, that's the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And he's I'm talking about loud as a motherfucker. I don't even know how much he won, but I was like, well, shit. Said, look, and that right there, I was like this. Oh, see, I know some things. I know some things. So, <laughs> and the motherfucker didn't even give me no money off that. But still, we will just discuss I probably, that. I probably should have. I probably should. Have. I won seventy five hundred. It was a twelve. It was twelve hundred. It was a twelve fifty, and it was a parlay. So all I had to do was to get that win that last leg on a fourteen parlay. 
And man, I was like amped up. Yo, I've had so many like good runs, but I've had some bad beats around you too, though, Jeremy. Remember um when the dude he's like, Green? Yeah, no, no, not Bowling Green. What's it? Yeah, Bowling Green lost. But it was to the guys in the NFL right now. Corey Davis, is it? It was a, it's a receiver that's in the NFL. Oh, now. yeah, that's him. Corey Davis, yep. Corey West, Davis, Western Michigan. Michigan. Dog, his last game as a pro, as a college athlete, I was I, I needed Bowling Green to win. And they was they were down. They were up by one point. They kicked it off to this man. And this man ran it back with three seconds left in the game. <laughs> and, and smoked like a, a 16 parlay. It was something crazy that I was playing. And yo, I think I, I don't think that was one of the first times in my life I actually cried about a bit, man. Oh, wow. And, and, so I, close. And, and I think Jeremy was right there too. I think you were there for that that day. Yeah, it was me and Ali. And the thing was, I, I, everybody, like Dave was, was kind of cool. And I remember Ali being Ali, and he's a, a friend that's a doctor. He's a cynical asshole. So he would <laughs> sit there and he would always say, like, he, he would jinx it. He, that, that's what he'll do. He, so he was like this. He was like, oh, it'd be so funny if he runs it back right now. He'll always say some shit like that. They <laughs> scored three seconds. It'd be so funny. And then, boom, guess what happens? This motherfucker runs it back. And I just see Dave just, <laughs> just, just soul just, just gets crushed, dog. And Ali is just sitting there cra- uh, cracking up and shit. So I was just like, it, it, I, I've seen the ugly and I've seen the beauty of it, man. I'll say this. I glanced at a TV screen of Dave's winnings on this one particular site, and I said, dog, that's a lot of money. And he looked at me, and he replied with no uh, hesitation, you should see what I lost. I said, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So overall, basketball, baseball, and football, I'm very proud to report that I'm overall positive about $9,000 total. Now that's I've had some swings though, guys, where I was up twenty on some games. I've had some swings where I was down twelve. I think was the biggest L I took through that process. It's been some hell of five rides. But look, at the end of the day, when yes, it's just like anything else. I think my strategy is I'm gonna always bet. I'm gonna always play the game. And so what I typically try to do is to try to be in it for the long haul. Try to make smart bets over a long period of time. So, you know, I'm learning. I'm still growing. Any, any any sports investor will tell you it's hell out here. But I try to have as many inside connections. I've built a lot of relationships with some of the sports teams, some of the uh, player personnel, director of player personnel. I know the assistant player personnel for the Texans. I got two clients for the Astros. So, like, I literally, I, I try to keep my nose to the street to try to get any type of edge I can. No, I, man, I, I, this is boys. So, uh, like whenever you're looking at a bet, what are some of the things that you look for, or something that jumps out to you that's attractive? Bingo. Uh, and things that you can't, like if you see something, you say, I can't pass that bet up. The first thing I always tell people, I'm a contrarian better, meaning typically when I see a wave going one way, I go the other way. And for me, okay. my number is 86%. Anytime the public or um, Vegas has more than 86% of the bets, bro, Vegas don't give up 86%. So if the public is 86% one way, I'm going the other way or I'm leaving it alone. I feel that. It's, it's, just, it's just not, it's just very, it's not very um, likely for Vegas to consistently lose the bets over 82, 83, 84%. Now, here's the funny part. Even with that strategy, bro, I lose my ass. <laughs> but, 
but, but, but what you got to remember is it's all about percentages. And if you can go over 50% in, in the sports betting world, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. But the first thing I always look for is the percentage of public bets. And in pretty much most sites that you place a bet on, you can see that from their site. If not, one of my favorite apps is called Action. It's the Action I'm on app. Action. And what it'll I'm do? Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. If you go on the Action app, it'll actually show you um, what the percentage of public is, or at least I think it's it takes into account the main the four major books, and that's super super helpful. That's the first thing I always look for. The second thing I look for is any type of opportunity where I look at the game and I know myself that there's a, a discrepancy in the spread. Like there were a couple games last year that it, well, I'm, I'm saying a couple, there were two games last year in the NFL that the books just got wrong. Literally it was like uh, my um, plus like eight or nine. And I'm like, dog, Miami is playing so right now, but the books are not giving them no credit. Like when my, when the Dolphins beat the Pats, yo made a killing. And it's, and, it's, and it's crazy because that's what you got to look for. You got to look for where there's an opportunity somewhere. Now, it's easier said than done. Where you get those inside scoops from, you could, you could me personally, I scour every single form. I look at injury reports. I try to look at games where players played, games where players didn't play. I try to find, like, obscure stats that I think other people might not look for or that Vegas may have seen and undervalued. More like recent. I would recent like personal trends rather than like averages. Yeah, stats exactly. And, and I also, I'm a streak. I like to ride streaks. If I see a player doing well, the Jonathan Taylor situation went very well for me. I just followed the streak. I saw him running well. So I, did, I took a lot of prop bets. Some of the early bets, they were like uh, Jonathan Taylor getting over six carries. Duh. That's no. so, that was so easy. That's so easy. And that's 100 uh, minus 130. So you're talking about 30, you know, 30 percent of your money. So you can't beat it. It was easy money for a lot of the year. So he did it like five times in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because and since we're on the topic of betting, and I dabble in it, but a lot of people hear spreads and plus and minuses, and if they're gonna, I know they're listening. Some people might be like, "What the hell does that mean?" So. Um, yeah. Go ahead and okay. let the people. No, no, you're no, you're good. It helps us lead into it. So go ahead and let people know a little bit about like what does it mean if it's the Mavericks are are minus seven versus the Clippers. Okay, so in the sports betting world, typically what you, most people who take bets are called the bookie or the sports book. When a sports bet takes a book, what they essentially are doing is they're offering you odds on each side of that bet, right? And they're going to make a little money to help you make these bets. So what happens is if a favorite is, let's, let's say the Cavs and the Mavs are playing, if a favorite is heavy, the public is just going to bet with the, the favorite because they're a better team. So in order to counterbalance that and get money on both sides of that game, uh, a sports book will say, okay, we know the Mavs are going to win, but how, much, how many points are they going to win by? Aha! Aha! And so what that, what that does is that allows people's money on both sides of that game which is good for the bookie, the person making a bet, because he gets a little bit of cut off every bet. So he really doesn't care. People, a lot of times people talk about the game being fixed um, by the bookie. And I tell people, no, the bookies ain't doing it. The bookies get paid no matter who you bet on. Mm -hmm. They get a little bit of juice on everything, right? Now, we'll talk about fixing games later, but the main thing that you need to remember is the point spread, having a team win or lose by a certain amount, it's simply a cause and effect of trying to get equal money on both sides of the bet. That's, that's what the books want. They want equal money. A lot of times games that are close to call, 
and it'll be 50% of the money will be bet on both teams. That's a perfect bet for the sports book. Yeah, because everybody, someone's got to win and someone's got to lose. Somebody's got to lose. Very rarely do they have ties in American sports. So, so that, that's the chill. Typically, if a team is plus points, that means that they're, they're pretty much expected to lose. But they, as long as they lose within that, that set amount of positive points, then they're fine. So, for example, if the Cowboys are favored by three, that means they're, they're minus three points. And that means that the other team has to lose by more than three points in order for the Cowboys to win that bet. Woo, that's a mouthful. It's hard to explain. But it's a, that, was a good, that, that was a really good, yeah, you're 100% correct. That was a really good explanation. One of the best, actually, because uh, you can get, like, tongue-tied and your brain can get all over the place when you talk about all these numbers. Um, but that was a really good explanation for that. And I know that people listening are thinking about getting into betting. That's one thing that they probably do need to understand. And, I know you said you'd like to look for trends. What would you say about spur of the moment betting? Just like what you talked about with Boogie, or was that something you studied? Or do you think that people should do spur of the moment betting? Do they should stay away from that? If this is something that you want to do, concentrate and do it. Or if you just want to have some fun and splurge, you can do it that way. But which one do you which one do you suggest? I should say. So I, <laughs> if I'm being honest, not suggest that. But you got to understand that I was letting my DJ hang out. I am a recovering degenerate and I have been for probably, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years of my life. I, I definitely jump at the opportunity to risk if it's a high reward. But typically, if you want to do this for fun, then yeah, take those kind of bets. Sometimes I will place a bet on a game because I was headed to a bar to watch the game. Yeah. And for me, it's so much more interesting when there's a few dollars on the line. Even I'm talking about friendly wager, 50, 100 bucks, not much, but just something to say, okay, this game paid for my drinks. That's how yeah. I look at it. Now, is that the right thing to do? Probably not the best if you want to be profitable over a long term. Over a long term, I would suggest, just like investing in stocks, I would suggest you do your research. I met a guy, older guy, and he was a multimillionaire. A bet, literally, he had season tickets to six NFL teams. I thought it was amazing. I'm like, bro, why do you have so many season tickets? He's like, man, I like to watch my money. That's the kind of guy I'm talking about, <laughs> like a, a, a big better. Yeah. And one of the things that he did and one of the things he taught me he was like, look, some weeks I don't even make a bet. And I just couldn't believe a man who lived his life on sports investing not making a bet. He was like, yo, some weeks I can't find a bet. But there are some weeks where I put 2 or $3 million on the line. And it just blew my mind. I was like, oh, God, it makes my stomach hurt. I need Petro Bismarck right now telling Ooh. the story. Like, like and, and that's kind of better he was. But he used to always tell me, being patient. And if you don't see a line, not forcing it because you feel like you have to make a bet. The most yeah. important thing is that you understand the research and you feel good about it, about you have some type of facts. He told me was three things. He would always find three things that made him say yes and then three things that made him say no. And he would weigh the two out. And if the yeses outweighed the noes, he placed the bet. It was as simple as that. Another thing, another trick that I'm going to teach you guys when you, especially when you're starting out, but don't mess with the number. Make the bet unit and make that unit just one figure, whatever your one unit is going to be. For example, if you see, I know sometimes betting sites and they say, we believe in this pick for three units or two units. Essentially, what they're asking you to do is to take whatever your minimum bet is, meaning some minimum bets is 20 or five mm -hmm. bucks, whatever. Just make that one unit. So if, if your minimum bet is five bucks, that five bucks is your one unit. So if you see somebody that says three units, 
you're going to bet 15 bucks. So what I used to do when I first started, what a lot of people do is I fell in love with the home team. Oh, it's my squad. I'm betting, I'm betting 200 on them. And then I'm betting $50 on somebody on the Rockets. I'm betting 25 on the Cowboys. I, I was spreading my bet around. That's not a good idea. You don't bet like that. What you want to do is you want to be uniform and try to be, if you have $300 to bet, then take that $300, spread it out amongst three bets. And that's how you bet it. So a hundred dollars oh, bet, and that's that's yeah. one unit. Don't ever get too happy with one squad or one bet because one, it's diversity. If you believed in, for example, I don't know, let's say uh, Huawei, the phone company Huawei. I know a guy lost a ton of money. He put all his chips. Oh, Huawei is gonna be the stuff, and then Huawei got banned in America. Sure. So, what do you think happened to that stock? The same concept with games. I can't tell you how many bets I loved. I did the research. I looked it up. Oh, this is a home run. Bet the bet the farm. And yeah, I lost. I had to buy a new farm. <laughs> no, I, I understand that. I, I understand that. And my dabbling, because I, I bet on like I like to bet on college uh football. I suck at college basketball. I learned that on action because my percentage is so low. I'm pretty good at NBA and I'm trying to get into baseball this year. But it was really good. It's I, I like hearing a lot of what you said, I'm like, okay. All right, I've been paying attention because, to be honest, to tell the people listening, all the mistakes that Dave just said you can make, I've made. There's been mornings where I woke up on Saturday and made a bunch of parlay bets just because I was like, I just got to bet on something today just because I bet every other Saturday. Let me tell you guys, my wallet's on zero in the, all the betting apps because you'll lose. You'll just lose. You'll, con- right. you'll, you'll continuously. And, and you'll start to see no matter what you do, you will lose. I remember one one year I, I told myself I'll never bet on Michigan again for this. Is because <laughs> I had I had woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take twenty bucks and I'm gonna do a super parlay. You know what I'm saying? Like of all the teams that I know, because I know college football pretty well. So all teams right. I know they can win. And I'm addicted to parlays, by the way. So I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna do a super parlay. I'm gonna put seven, eight teams in there, and I know it may not hit, but fuck it, I'm gonna do all the teams I know. And it got down to every team I had hit. Except it was uh, the last. It was the last uh, plays of the Michigan game. They needed that. Their spread was, their spread was minus. It was like minus four, and they were up by two. And Harbaugh got all the way to the his own twenty, and kneeled it. Uh, he could have kicked a field goal, uh, but he kneeled uh, it. And it was one of those super parlays where you only put $20 down, but you win damn near almost 150 You know what I'm saying? It's like some crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's just to show people like he's 100% correct. Like it's not fixed, but the cards, for some reason in betting, it's set up however the cosmos works. It's not there to just, there's every once in a while someone may get lucky, but on a continuous basis, you will always lose on some fluky, crazy shit. Like, it's just if, if you're not, like, researching. Because in basketball, I could just tell, like, I know a little bit about NBA basketball because when I make those bets, I think right now I'm, like, 10 games above 500 or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, And another study, thing, too, Russ, another thing, too, was that those par- you got to learn to back off the parlays. Make them. So typically what I do at this point, if, if I have a little bit in the wallet, what I'll do is I'll, I'll take my change and put it on a parlay. Make parlays so my main part of betting. I've lost so, but again, it takes a long time. That's fun though. There's so much I fun. So, though. bro, it is so <laughs> much fun. But it takes it takes a long time because if you go back and take all the money that you spent on parlays and oh. you spread them out better, and instead of so how many four or five ticket parlays where I won four of the games and lost the last one, 
or I won three of the games yeah. and lost one. And think about all that money. If I would individually bet that instead yeah. of, man, I'd have made tons of more money. But then you heard, uh, now as I'm saying that, um, FanDuel paid out, I think, their largest payout to date on a parlay. This guy put $20 on on the two-leg parlay. Basically, he had to guess the score of each champion conference championship game. And so $20, this man won $579,000. See, and I think that's one thing we can explain, too, on the show is if, if, you're, if you want to have some fun, because betting is fun. Sports, like you said, there's, if you've never bet before, Sports Sushi listeners, there's, it's really fun when you put even $2 on a game to watch a game and have more than fan rooting interest. And one of my things, I don't know about you, Dave, but one of my rules of thumb is I have a couple, but one is first, you don't bet with your heart, you bet with your mind. So I stay away from a lot of favorite team bets. You don't see me betting on the Cowboys a whole bunch. You don't see me betting on the Mavericks a whole bunch. I don't bet on my whole, my the teams I like a whole bunch because it's to my belief that if you bet on your squad, you're risking double. You're risking the love of your team and the agony of defeat, and you're risking your money. So just cut that in half. And then uh, never, never bet your last dollar. And that's always another one that I have too. But now the parlays are just they're just fun. I just if you're gonna do only. Oh, total disclaimer here was, oh yeah, just so y'all know, hey, everybody, let's bet responsibly. Never yes. bet never bet with something that you're not willing to lose. Please go and get help. If you feel like it may be overwhelming, if you start to have uh, physical sickness from losing bets, it's probably a good sign to lay off for a little while. And just make sure that you take care of your mental health. Betting has been known to add an, an enormous amount of stress to people's lives. And if you talk to some of the biggest betters or, or you go on YouTube, some of the biggest sports betters, they all, they all will tell you that they don't just pay juice to the sports bookies. They also pay juice to their therapists. <laughs> you gotta have, you gotta have a good therapist to stay mentally strong. Uh, and put at a high level, at least for sure. All right. And what we're going to do is, I mean, it's a beautiful segue. Cause, uh, all right. So we got the uh, Knicks and Wizards. Uh, the Wizards are favored by one. So what's your Wiz? Yeah, Wizards are favored by one. I think I'll take the Wiz, man. Because the Wizards are at home, right? Yeah, they're the home team. Yeah, I like a good home dog. And one point is really just in the air. It's whatever. All right, so we're going to have a scroll down and let's go to the West. There is the Suns and Jazz. The Utah is favored by two and a half. And Jazz are at the home. Suns and Jazz. Are we in the playoffs yet? Did the season over? No, no, no. We, we, we're heading there. It's the last couple games. Yeah. Suns and Jazz. I like Chris Paul lately. He has been on fire. And I don't know if you know this. But Chris, every team Chris Paul has played on, they have he set the franchise record for wins in a season. Now think about how crazy that it is. So that means the New Orleans Pelicans, he set the franchise record. They, if he was on that team, the that Houston is. Rockets, he set the franchise record at 69 that he was on that team. The Oklahoma well, Thunder, he set that record. And then now for the Phoenix Suns this year, he just broke their franchise high record. And all the common denominator was Chris Paul. So I'm betting with Chris Paul. Utah is actually looking for the six straight home wins, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch. And 
for the last one, let's just go with uh, we'll go with uh, the Bucks and no, no, that's a bad one. <laughs> that's a bad one. So let's Ooh. stick with the, the the Bulls and the Hornets. Chicago is favored by two. Oh God, that's actually an easy one. I feel like the Bulls pull that out by way more than two. I'm thinking closer to five. Okay, so you wouldn't bet the over. Wait, yeah. what is you said? The Bulls are favored by how much? Two by two. And I think they'll probably win by six or six or seven. I think so, but aren't the Hornets struggling trying to get in the plane and the Bulls already got their shit locked up? Feet people, those are those little tidbits yeah. that Dave was those talking that, about. That you need to know. Those that exactly you know. that you really need I was to thinking, know. Because I was thinking, I think uh, you're right on, I think, Dave, you'd be right on a regular night, but I think the Bulls have everything locked up and the Hornets are still trying to fight for play-in seating. So that might be one of those games where DeMar DeRozan starts out playing, but it goes off. They take a mighty, like, they take a like not early. goes off as and shoots a lot, but goes like off the court and doesn't play a whole lot. But I'm not sure about that though. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Check this out. But check this out. The Bulls. So this is where the action app. I love the action app, right? Because because it's a quick way to do some quick research. The Bulls against the spread this year, 25 and 11, when they are two points or greater. Ah, I did not know so that. So that's that's a nice stat. Let's see. Chicago has finished with more than 223 points 30 times so far this season. The Bulls have a posted average total of 222, which is 5.8 points fewer than total for this matchup. So the uh, that's an over and under. I forgot. We forgot to talk about the over and under, which is a whole nother way to bet. Yeah, Don't it, bet on who wins or loses. Just bet on the total number of points scored in the game. That's pretty much it, y'all. And that shit gets crazy. <laughs> that crazy. shit gets, especially if you chose an over at all during the tournament and you chose it against Villanova because them motherfuckers was under champions this year. I swear so, to God. So it's funny you say that because I never bet the under. Matter of fact, it's so boring to bet a game under. Yo, I recommend if you bet unders, you I, I guarantee you have some type of problem with antidepressants. I guarantee it. <laughs> because nobody wants to sit and watch people brick all game. Nobody wants to watch a three to six football game. Unless it's a trend. Nobody nobody wants to watch a no hitter one to zero baseball game. Think about it. But, but but and, and what I also what I don't like about the under is you can find out if you lost the bet real early. Yeah. I, and so what I like about overs is you rooting for points. All you rooting for is scoring. I don't care who scores. You score. You get a score. Yep. You get a score. Just score. And I've been in places screaming out. score. I've been in places screaming score. And people are like, who are you rooting for? Both these I motherfuckers. Fuck. I just need buckets. I'm like, like, <laughs> I just Let's need you to go. put it in the hoop. Oh, yeah, man. I love the it. Last Brothers, when the Flash Brothers first came out, I was really getting my swing in basketball. Man, when I tell you I was running around the house, splash. Just more, screaming more. it, bro. Yeah, so so that, that that's a whole other part of the game, but yeah, 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 no, for sure, I I get what you're saying, but those are the type of things you got to take into account. But yeah, I, think, I still I, I still would go with the better situation because it was actually one of those teams that play for pride. They got a couple of free agents on there coming up, so I think they got boys that are still shine. There we have it. All right, uh, Dave, thanks for joining us. This is our show for the night, a Sports Sushi. If you're not listening to Sports Sushi Live and the Grab with Discord, you're missing out. Hanging out with our team during the show. Join the Gratwick Discord today to get your sports sushi fresh and raw every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time zone. I am uh, DJ Slow Boogie, your moderator for the night. I'm with uh, our host, uh, 
Sports Plug Russ and Sterling. Yeah. Shout out to my boy Dave for joining us. You can find me on so all forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, all that other bullshit at DJ Slow Boogie with two O's, G, and I-E. Not a Y, I-E at the end. You can find me on IG, that's Sports Plug Russ on IG, Sports Plug 3 Russ on Twitter. And uh, Dave, thanks for coming. And yo, this was live. I really like betting. I let you have the floor because you're the genius, but I think you should come back every week. It's the NBA playoffs starting to come and give us like the best bets uh, that you think are coming up, man. That would be really live if you did that like during the NBA playoffs and let some people that are getting their foot in the door maybe help yep. them get some dubs. That'd be really yo, dope. Yo. yo, I love it. I'm down. Y'all can catch me on Instagram. Super duper David. Really simple. Yo, I love to come back, man, and just shoot you what I think. I always post... Anytime I make a pick and I send it to my boys, I post the proof that I actually made the pick as well. So don't worry. I'm going to always ride with you. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to come back. Just let me know. Yeah, we should do that, man. Because I love, yeah, they know I love betting. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, y'all can find me on Twitter at Furrow with Sterling. But Dave, dog, when uh, the NFL comes back, man, we need to chat. Because I, I, I need to get a Birkin. Oh, hey, a smell of betting segment coming down the pipes, man. Yes, indeed, indeed, we do. So uh, tune in next Thursday, man. This has been our show for tonight, man. Again, thank you, Dave, for joining us, man. A sports sushi, man. Tune in. Fuck with us next week. All right, Go cheers, guys.